Greetings and welcome to Capital Report, a special spinoff episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast that will be featured during Virginia's 2020 General Assembly session. We are now streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Blueberry, SoundCloud, and at www.vhha.com. You can also hear episodes of the podcast each Saturday at 11 a.m. on WJFN 100.5 FM in the Richmond area. Please listen and leave us a five-star review. You can also send questions, comments, or feedback to pcfpodcast at vhha.com. Again, that is pcfpodcast at vhha.com. And with that housekeeping out of the way, today we are delighted to be joined by one of our colleagues at VHHA, the Vice President of Government Advocacy, Julie Dime. This week kicks off the 2020 General Assembly session in Virginia, and on this episode we'll be discussing some of the potential legislation that could be impacting healthcare in the state, as well as providing a general overview of information about the legislative session for listeners, and to that we turn to Julie. So welcome to the program, Julie. Julian, thank you so much. I'm so delighted to be here and looking forward to our conversation. Absolutely, as am I. So as I mentioned, this week is the opening week of the session. And in fact, we are recording today on Wednesday, January 8th, which is opening day of the 2020 session. And Julie, to give listeners a a sense of place to locate them at the Capitol in Richmond, can you just provide a little bit of an overview of what the opening week typically entails and then also why this session in 2020 is different than uh, some other sessions in years past. Sure, absolutely. So this session is a little bit unique than the others. Not only do we have a new majority um, with the Democrats in, in majority in both houses, but we also have a new speaker, Delegate Eileen Fillercorn from Fairfax County, should be later on today, voted in as the first female, first Jewish and first mother of the House of Delegates. So it is very much unique in that regard. In the 400-year history of the General Assembly, it's the first time that we will have a female Speaker of the House. It is also the first time in 400 years that Louise Lucas will be the Senate pro tem, and she is an African-American, first African-American to hold that position. So again, exciting things happening. Many things will change this session. Typically, though, the first week being today is the starting day. Session will go in at noon. They'll gavel in and they will elect the speaker and they typically will set the rules for how they're going to govern during the session. This year is a 60-day session. It is a even year, which it means it's a budget year. So the budget is set for the biennium, which is for 21 and 22. So that's why it's a little longer of a session as opposed to our 46-day sessions, which happen the off years. Those are non-budget years, so we have a little bit more time because they're setting the budget for two more years. It does require a little bit more time, so that is the the difference between the short session and then what we refer to the 60-day session being the long session. Well, thanks for that overview, and um, that is very interesting. And as you note, a number of firsts this year for the General Assembly, which, as you note, has a history and is the longest continuing active legislative body in the Western Hemisphere. Also on opening day today, we've got the Commonwealth Prayer Breakfast, which is a tradition, and then the governor uh, will give his State of the Commonwealth Address, which, as you mentioned, will also include some highlights from the budget that the governor has introduced. And so since the budget is a policy vehicle, let's shift 
shift to policy here. As you mentioned, we've got some new dynamics in the General Assembly with Democrats in control of both chambers as a result of the November 2019 elections. So looking at health care policy in particular, what are some of the issues that you and your team will be tracking this year as it relates to health care policy? Great question. I will start to say that uh, I'll get to health care, but I do want to say that many believe that this session will focus on a number of things that the governor referred to as uh, things that have been neglected for many years, and that includes, from his perspective, education and also gun control. That is one thing that we do think will occupy quite a bit of time, certainly a lot of airtime during the General Assembly session. So those two things we think, and, and also with the Equal Rights Amendment that the Democrats have been pushing for a number of years now. So those are really the top of the agenda for the Democrats in both the House and the Senate and for the governor. And then now switching over to health care, balance billing is an issue that we know for consumers, for patients, and also for our hospitals that we've been working on for a number of years now. Last year, we got very close in passing legislation that would have prohibited balance billing for patients. This year, we're at it again. We have already seen a number of bills introduced that we will be reviewing over the next couple of weeks and having long conversations with our insurers, partners, our payers, as well as our provider stakeholders. Certificate of Public Need is one that we uh, seem to have on a recurring basis every year, so certainly we're monitoring that. And there's always a myriad of healthcare bills that come up that we tend to address. Forensic nursing, if there is some legislation on that, beginning forensic nursing programs. In our hospitals, we do have them. Many hospitals have them already, but some good movement on that. There was a joint commission review earlier this year that looked at forensic nursing and looked at those programs and the necessities of those programs, which are much needed across the Commonwealth. Behavioral health issues are certainly something that we are keeping an eye on. And then finally, the budget that does have things related to dish payments for TBOs. Those are temporary detention orders. So lots of things happening on behavioral health. Of Virginia, the redesign that has been happening for a couple of years now. We definitely believe that we'll see a number of things on that. And I think that's it. That's a pretty high level of things. Well, that that sounds like a very that sounds like a very full yeah. plate. And I know that you and the yeah. team are are very busy. One quick note, as you pointed out on uh, balanced billing, it should be noted that the hospital community, as well as consumer advocates and and many other stakeholders, all agreed on a bipartisan bill last year that came close right. to passage, uh, but ultimately faltered at the end. And so that's something you and the team and our members are working to protect patients from. So that's something worth that's right. pointing out. For people who are not familiar with the process, you've given them now an overview of some of the policy issues that will be at play during this 60-day session. You've set the scene for them for the opening day with some of the pomp and circumstance and some of the changes in the partisan dynamics. But I think a lot of people don't necessarily have a great handle on what it is that government advocacy is uh, in terms of the practical application of it. And so I wonder if you could just, in a nutshell, share just a little bit, uh, sort of a snapshot of what a day in the life of uh, a government relations professional is uh, when you're engaging with legislators and stakeholders or testifying in committee uh, and all of those things. What's that like for people that are unfamiliar? Sure, absolutely. So our day starts uh, not unlike most of healthcare providers. It starts very early and can certainly end very late in the day. Throughout that day, it's a series of meetings with legislators, committee hearings, 
and meeting with stakeholders about various pieces of legislation. And then, of course, uh, as soon as we can, get back to our computers and either typing up amendments to a legislation that we are trying to support or certainly getting our talking points together for bills that perhaps we may oppose. So if they're long days, again, not unlike many of our providers, and it's filled with a series of things that we sometimes we know they're coming and sometimes we don't. So again, we have to be prepared for really anything that may happen during the day. I joke quite a bit to say that we live our live our lives in five-minute increments. So in any given five minutes, things can change very rapidly, and we have to be prepared to respond to anything that may change, whether on a positive side or on a negative side. So it's a lot of talking, um, which is good. I love to talk. So that is good news, but it's also a lot of listening. And we try to listen to legislators and try to understand where they're coming from on various pieces of legislation. And then we try to educate them on the view from the hospital or provider perspective. So that is really, it's a lot of back and forth. It's a lot of on your feet. But again, as I'm, as I'm sitting here thinking, it is not unlike um, what our providers see on a daily basis. You, it's always being prepared, being on your feet, and moving very quickly throughout the day. Well, that's a great summary, and I appreciate you uh, you sharing that. This would not be an episode of the Patients Come First podcast, even a spinoff episode, if we did not close by asking you our standard question, which is the deserted island question. So, Julie Dime, if you were stranded on a deserted island, what one book, one movie, and one album would you take with you? And we will spot you a copy of the religious text of your choice. So, other than that, what one book, one album, and movie would you take with you if you were stranded oh on a deserted goodness. island? And maybe at the end of this sixty-day session, you'll want to be stranded on a deserted island after uh, all the right. ca- all the chaos uh, at the legislature. Yes. Oh, wow. Those are great questions. Oh, golly, these are really tough. Well, let me start with movie. And it would have to be something funny. Um, I'm a big fan of comedies. Um, I'm going to say Wedding Crashers because it makes me laugh. I think it's funny for a movie. So it would get my mind off of being on a, a deserted island. I'm looking all over for you. i got to get out of here, Prano. i got a stage five clinger. Crab cakes and football. That's what Maryland does. And then a book. Um, maybe The Road Less Traveled. <laughs> So uh, maybe that's a good one. And then album. Wow. I love music like you, uh, Julian. So, um, man, that would be a tough one. I-, I would say Zach Brown Band, one of their albums. I love Zach Brown Band, and a lot of their music are uh, – just puts me in a good mood. So uh, I think that's probably it. Well, those are all great choices. And uh, to make a, <laughs> make a Wedding Crashers reference, I'm sure there are some stage five clingers in the General Assembly. Absolutely. Uh, all, <laughs> exactly all, of, right. all of whom shall remain nameless. That's well, right. Absolutely. Well, with that, that's going to wrap up this episode of Capital Report, a spinoff of VHHA's Patients Come First podcast. Throughout the legislative session, we will work to bring you updates from the Capitol, from VHHA's advocacy team, to make sure that our audience and the healthcare community is up to date about the latest news coming from Richmond and developments from the 2020 session. Also, if you would like more information about what the advocacy efforts of VHHA are, please visit us online at www.vhha.com slash advocacy to get information about uh, all that's happening. So with that, thanks again, Julie, and uh, have a great session. Thank you. Thank you.